Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, truth seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasden. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. And we have such an amazing show. Just buckle your seatbelts, okay? Because today we have this incredible woman joining me today, Annie P. Ruggles. Annie is, wow, first of all, you're going to be very grateful that you stumbled across this episode and you're going to share it with all your friends and family because she is the founder and dean of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, which I, like I said before, this is such a brilliant, such a brilliant branding <laughs> strategy. The Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, where she has guided hundreds of people towards making deeper connections, lasting impressions, and friendlier, more lucrative transactions and conversations. So if you're a coach, consultant, uh, if you've got a product, if you're someone who is in business and you hate sales, or when you think about talking to people about your beautiful services that you have, you get like all clammy and icky and you feel disgusting, well, you're, you're, you're at the right place at the right time. Annie P. Ruggles, welcome to Out of the Box with Christine. Oh my goodness, that intro was so good. I'm like basking in my own meanness. Like, I don't think I was a narcissist before, but I am now. Whew. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm Annie P. Ruggles, and I am so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us. And we, we want to, of course, we want to let people know where you hail from the great city of Chicago. Um, And, and, and your whole, your family's been there for quite some time. So I've been here for half of my life. I spent the first 18 years of my life in Missouri and the second 18 years of my life in Illinois. So I am a Midwestern farm girl through and through, but I've split half of my life in the like rural suburbness and half of my life in the lovely, gorgeous, big city of Chicago. Ah, oh, and, and also uh, a bit of a musical theater background as well, right? Yes. Yeah. I moved <laughs> yeah. out of Missouri. Uh, I ran away to theater school and I stayed here, but yeah, my very formal background for people who are thinking, should this person be teaching me marketing or sales? Are they qualified? Well, take this as the answer as it is the truth. I have a musical theaters bachelor's degree. <laughs> oh, I, since we, we're talking musical theater uh-huh. uh, in high school, I was in Greece. And, oh. and my favorite one was Pippin. Did you ever do Pippin? So Pippin and I have a complicated relationship. <laughs> I'm of the Pippin. I live out. Oh my God, I just said the Pippin. I just said I'm of the Pippin. I am of the opinion that Pippin should just jump into the sun. Like if it's that important to him, then just go boo. Like live your truth. Jump into the sun if you want. Like, you know, it's what you were supposed to do and you don't necessarily want to, but it seems like part of you really wants to. So, like, don't stay around for a woman, Pippin. Like, gross. You don't need a partner. Jump into the sun. Like, it's fine. So, other than that. Yeah. <laughs> the 
music is great. It, it it gave us Ben Vereen in a really huge oh, way, which oh. is incredible. That's you know, why I, I was interested in it. Mm-hmm. It was Wait, Ben Who Vereen's were you per- in Greece? Um, I was in Greece in my um in my uh what do you call it in my high school theater. Uh-huh. That was ah. Uh, that was hard. You know why? Because I had to be just like an extra, you know, I wasn't, the, yeah. I wasn't Sandy because hello. Um, and I wanted to be Danny, but, but they're like, this is for but- a boy. And I'm like, <laughs> but I do John Travolta really well. It was like, well, like, come on. Right. So I was a, in the then. background and I had to wear, you know, the, the dress and do the thing. But we had a choreographer who was like, a little Nazi, but I mean, not Nazi, you yeah. know, not like yeah. literally, but just, yeah. um, but I loved it. Cause I knew all the, I knew all the music and, you know, I saw Greece. Greece. I saw Greece like 70 times. I mean, if you don't know every beat of the Greece mega mix, then were you even alive in America at any point? Like, I, I, I like, I don't think you could survive entire decades without knowing every beat of the Grease mega mix. Like, have you ever been to a wedding or a bar mitzvah ever? <laughs> have you ever been to a carnival ever? And Annie, here's your test for you. What's the best song from Greece? One or two. I'll give you two. No, no, no. Grease one or Grease two. Oh, Grease one. Oh, geez. Grease two. What the? Okay, wait, Grease, Grease 2? Grease 1, the original. Okay, okay, okay. I have thoughts on Grease 2, but um, I love that this is our interview. It's like, yeah, it's going to teach you sales. But first, we'll get to the content about sleazy sales. It's hysterical because my podcast is, uh, I feel like we're on my show because my show is half small business and half pop culture. So I feel like we're just having a Freaky Friday and you're on my show. So this totally works for me. <laughs> um, best song from Grease 1 is oh man do, 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 i'm a hopelessly do. devoted girl oh that's it. cute it is cute it's very sweet and it for me feels very truly high school breakup-y yes like and she's got her little love notes in her stationery and the kitty pool and she's just out in her little chiffon nighty and like i i just think that that is in terms of like that when i was that age making horrible decisions uh, with you know, douchey, douchey dudes. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think that you saw that yourself in me. that chiffony thing with the. I did. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm wearing like big chiffony sleeves right now. So I guess the Sandy in me never left. Although I'm, I'm much more of a natural Rizzo slash mm, Marty slash. I mean Jan. I, I, I'm kind of a Jan. You're, Let's you're be a- real. You're a combination of all the people. I'm a ladies. Jan. I'm a Jan who wanted to be a Rizzo, but is actually a Jan. And that's okay. <laughs> My favorite. Well, when I was when I was there young watching it, of course, you know, I mean, I loved Grease Lightning because I just I did. Oh, I loved so John Travolta. Good. I mean, I loved... you're burning down the quarter mile. You just gotta love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but my favorite, it would ended up being my favorite, um, lyrically was the song by Rizzo, There's uh, Worst Things You Can Do. Oh, yeah, so that good. just. And let's also talk about like, 
beautiful, wonderful goddess, baby Stalker Channing. Stalker Channing. Like, ah, I mean, the cheeks. Stalker Channing only gets better like a fine wine, but that cherubic, sassy little angel that grows up into Abby Bartlett, I just was like, oh my God, I love you. So. Absolutely brilliant. We didn't realize that they, these were like 30 and 40 year old people playing high school kids, but. Of course not, because we were children too. We were yes. like, yeah, I'll look like that when I'm in high sure. school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remember oh, when, remember yeah. when Olivia Newton-John came out in that outfit? I was like, why do I feel so funny? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that is what therapists would call part of my queer root. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she came out in that, and I was like, I didn't feel that way about you before, <laughs> Sandy. Dang, bad Sandy, doing it for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've lost all control. Uh, okay. <laughs> we've been talking about Greece for 20 minutes. It's all right, so we've established that you're awesome <laughs> because you know Greece. Now, Greece too. Did you? Do you really you liked Grease too? I think we're actually recording an episode of my show right now. <laughs> I think we're just gonna put this out as an episode of TLTQ. We no, can no, no, no. Okay, what what Grease about Grease Two? Was who who was in Grease okay. Two? Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay. And she is Michelle freaking Pfeiffer. Need yeah. I say anything else? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. But okay, so my best friend loved Grease 2. And I was like, you are so stupid. Grease 2 is trash. And she was like, no, how dare you? Watch it again with an open mind and you will see that it is a great time. Here's the thing about Grease 2. She don't need no man. She wants a cool writer. She oh. wants a cool, ooh, ooh, ooh writer. Right? Because he's got to do the Sandy. He's got to go bad boy, which I enjoy. But also, she just wants a cool writer to be her arm candy. She doesn't need any saving. She doesn't need Danny Zuko for his weird popularity. Like, come on, right? So from a feminist standpoint, even though they sing I'll Be Your Girl for All Seasons and ain't none of them have clothes on, again, not complaining about that, uh, it's a more feminist movie. It has a luau, like, come on. Oh, and, yeah. And the music is fun and stupid. So as far as the Grease movie goes, do I think it's better? No. But. But it cool stands on its own. And Girl for All Seasons. Eh, it stands on its own as a sequel to Grease. Gotcha. Okay, you know so I I'm mean? gonna I'm gonna watch it. I admit, I I I think it's I attempted Godfather to watch it. Three, it's good. Like I wouldn't call it groundbreaking. It's not Godfather <laughs> two, but it's also not Godfather three. It's okay. I I think I had started to watch it, and then maybe I was just upset because my the original cast members weren't there, and I got frustrated, or I don't know. Uh... And I was the song. See, for me, like the song, things that you could sing along to is is important. Right. I in mean, order for yes, me to watch yes, it repeatedly. Yes. Right. But you don't have to watch it repeatedly. It's Grease too. What other movies do we watch? Oh my God. We're not even talking about what you do. All right. I told you we were doing a great. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a slumber party. Okay. Right. Then what did he say? And then tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to the topic because people are yes. have tuned in 
to listen to your magic like are they mantra. still here huh they're here. They here oh they've been Hello. they're riveted they're riveted <laughs> um so so first of all brilliant 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 uh the non-sleazy sales academy mm-hmm. uh i don't know sales like well you actually i think you you said your father well your father uh uh used car salesman no, my grandpa was oh, you, a used car pop, salesman. Pop. Yeah, pop, 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 good old pop, pop. Not to be confused with President Pop, pop. For those of us here in America, no, my grandpa was a used car salesman, and the kick of that was that he was this absolutely super terrific, wonderful, decorated war hero, quiet, lovely, not super emotional dude. And he was a used car salesman. And so I, what I didn't understand growing up was the stigmatization of that because the only used car salesman I knew was freaking wonderful up until the point where people came to his funeral that he sold a car to like 30, 40 years before that. And we're like, he was such a great guy. He sold me a car. He sold my daughter a car. He sold my next door neighbor a car. Like this literally happened. So I never really understood the stigma of that, but I certainly understood and felt deeply the stigma against just general selling in my life. And I felt it so deeply that I almost ran myself out of business more times than I can count because I just was like, you know what? I'm never going to do that. I'm going to sell without selling. I'm never going to sell. I'm going to never, I'm just going to give and give and give. And then people can give me what they want. And I could do like pay what you can. And then like, you know, I could do everything on sliding scale. And then, you know, maybe I'll put something out and I'll like put a buy button on it. And then if somebody clicks it, cool. But if somebody else doesn't click it, then fine. Because I'm just so grateful to be here and da, 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 da. And then I would be working 70 hours a week and unable to pay my rent. So, you know, like that's, I think that's why it's so important that I, that I always want to point out that we're going to talk about sales avoidance today. And I'm not judging anyone who feels like sales is beneath them or not for them. I was you in some ways I still am you, but what needs to change is your definition of what sales is and what sleaze is, because I think you have a substitution in play that you might not realize. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so many, so many of us walking around again, we could consciously say, of course, Annie, of course, Christine, of course, I want to be successful. Of course, I want to grow my business. I want to grow my coaching business. I want to grow my consulting, uh, you know, services. Mm-hmm. I want new clients. I want, I want that exciting. I love being, uh, you know, a business owner, but subconsciously, subconsciously what's happening many times is that those arguments that you had, you heard when you were a little kid <clears throat> over yep, yep. the checkbook, right? Yep. You spent how much money? What? Uh, when 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 the, when your parents were doing the the taxes and they had their the shoe boxes with the receipts and their uh, uh, right and so our relationship with money yep. first of all at, from a very young age can be skewed and that yep. carries with us so the idea of I mean for for me my my little thing was I hated asking for my allowance I hated it because it was because my dad was like ah it was it was so stressful for me. It was easier for me to like sneak in and, and like take some change out of his pants, yeah. you know, just to buy something. 
he won't miss this it's just a coin <laughs> it's a coin <clears throat> but but i hated it was you know eventually i grew up and i i did that for a living i was on the air asking people for donations for a radio mm-hmm. station i was i was a multi-million dollar fundraiser i mean i wasn't making multi-millions i was raising multi-millions right right but that would that just that core thing of of asking for something even if i did my chores right that was so hard and that was a really difficult thing to get over what about you and your clients the people that you work with what are some of the common uh, hangups that we have around around asking to be paid for yeah. our beautiful gifts you know you brought up a huge form of what I call sales baggage, which is just straight up money baggage, right? There's a reason why there's 9 billion money coaches in the world and they're all doing quite well, is that a lot of us, as you said, have a really weird, complex relationship with money. Um, largely familially based, right? Even if you had a great experience with money growing up, maybe something happened, but maybe your relationship with money is fine. Like my relationship with money is good. If I could do me more indecent proposal roll around in money, I would like shower me in that thing. Put me in that game that they play on Golden Girls where you're in a booth and they like shoot money at you. Like that sounds like the greatest day of my life. I love me some money. However, what I didn't love was the idea or the feeling of taking money away from others. Right? So it wasn't even necessarily for me about receiving money or how money will inherently change me or anything like that. But you brought up this great example of like little kids hearing their parents going, I can't believe you spent money on a blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be the person that some little kid is out there going, I can't believe you're spending a hundred bucks a month on a sales program. I don't want to be that. Ew. Therefore, I can't sell. No, no. In that exact scenario, therefore, I should not sell without talking to someone about who their other deciders are. If their spouse is going to have a financial objection here, then if I have the bandwidth to be able to know that, if it's in my capacity to reach out and say, hey, what's going on in your life, then I can help you navigate whether or not this is the right choice for you, for your business, for your family, for your spouse. And then if your spouse is going to have a legitimate objection, let me help you make that conversation easier, right? It's laziness and well-intentioned laziness to say, I don't ever want to be part of that conversation or the cause for that conversation. So I'm not going to sell because when I don't sell to that person, they're going to go out and find someone who cares about them less than I do and have the exact same conversation about someone who cares less than me. No, that's not going to help. Instead, why don't I go the extra mile and make sure they're able to communicate why this is a good investment for them? If I've done that, I not only make selling easier, I make evangelizing the sale to their people easier right but we don't think about it that way because we're like ew sales i'm gonna cause fights another reason that this just gets sort of reinforced and reinforced is how many of us were forced into selling as a kid so (laughs) going to our i remember the candy bars Uh the freaking candy bars christine right so here's the thing there were two kinds of kids the vast yeah. majority of kids were like me who are like, I have absolutely no desire to do this. Grandma, please buy these bars. The idea of going around and ringing doorbells makes me want to stick nails in my eyes. Grandma, please. Grandma, 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 please. That was me. 
Thank you, Grandma. May she rest in peace for buying all of my candy bars year after year. Now, the other form of kids were like the little neighborhood hustlers who were like, you, you take this tree to that tree. You, you're going to go across the street. You're going to take all the water and you're going to tell them to come over here for this lemonade stand. You, you are going to pair these lemonades like there's those kids. I was not those kids. And there's nothing wrong with those kids. Good for those kids. They're all doing really, really well now in traditional sales. But the rest of us who are like, Grandma, Grandma, please buy my stuff. We remember the horror of going up and ringing the doorbell. And we didn't have ring doorbells back then, kiddos. So it was just (laughs) you and your finger sitting there waiting for the door to open with your little box of candy. And it was terrifying. It was awful. And then we all grew up and we thought, well, I don't know how to sell. So I'll just do what my manager tells me to do. And the manager's got a manager who's got a manager who's got a manager. And that manager was only worried about the bottom line and not the other side of the transaction. So what are they saying? They're going, ring those doorbells, get out there, pick up the phone, have the conversations, chase that. No, come on, let's go, let's go. Of course, we don't want to do that to our clients. Of course, we don't want to do that to the wonderful people that we're trying to draw into our network and build community with. Of course, we don't want to freaking ring their doorbell and try to be like, would you like this stale overpriced candy bar? (laughs) No, no, of course they don't. But you're not selling stale overpriced candy bars anymore. You're not. No. You don't get that reaction of the people going, how much is that candy bar? I could buy 10 of these in the grocery store. Right. Go down the street, go to Dollar Tree. You could buy like 50. Right. But no. And and that I, that sticks with us. Right. And the other thing that really sticks with us is every single time we have been sold too horribly. Absolutely. We have a running ticker. We have a ledger of wrongs. Right. We just had Christmas at time of recording. We just had the festivus airing of grievances for any of the Seinfeld lovers out there. We know every person that's ever conned us, ever lied to us, ever misled us, ever let us down. We keep a running tab of that. But most people I ask, if I say, tell me three people that sold to you beautifully, they have to stop and think about it. We don't catalog it but then i go okay well hold on you have a wife who's someone that takes immaculate care of your wife what's a gift you love to buy your wife and who sells it to you really well i'm sure you could come up with that massages (laughs) massages okay so the massage therapist who takes damn good care of your wife is someone you're glad to pay absolutely right but but it's easier for me to go okay what's something you bought for your wife that was terrible you don't have to answer that but I'm just saying like that, we could sum it up immediately. Oh, I bought her this thing and it was supposed to be incredible. And it came and it was broken and then they didn't return it. We keep all those things. And then when it comes time for us to put our goods, our product, our services, our heart on display, we go, oh, nope, can't be like those guys. Instead of thinking, why can't I be the massage therapist who Christine loves to pay and to tip? And what is it that, what is it about? Oh, I, I, I find that especially the like really talented people, people that have these amazing gifts that can really help people uh, mm-hmm. transform their lives in so many different ways. Yeah. 
they have a hard time around the not just not just asking for the you know the the exchange right uh-huh. the energy exchange here i will give my energy my time my wisdom my expertise in exchange for uh, for finances for money but it's also when it comes to the pricing element we oh boy. because you know it's it, and this is something that i've even gotten you know people go well, how you know to do this x this project blah 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 uh can you give us a quote and I'll give them a quote and I'll say, well, am I, this is my hourly. And they'll go, oh, wow. Okay, well, that means if you're working on all this. And I said, no, no, no. I said, just realize also that that hourly is based on all my experience, knowing what to do and what not to do. But also I work concentrated. So I'm not somebody who's also gonna milk the, you know, yeah milk the time thing on this and go oh yeah it took me 10 hours to post a youtube video come on right but 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 it's it's that pricing element so people feel because in that in the industry that i'm in that 250 dollars an hour uh charge more and more people are going towards you know well 30 dollars an hour 20 dollars an hour and i'm like what the what are you talking about people that are coming into the industry themselves are also asking for less and less just to get the job, right? Mm-hmm. Just to get the client. Can we talk about pricing, please? At some point under the bargain basement, you run into the sewer, y'all. There's only so low you can go. Eventually, you're going to be negative, right? And so here's the thing. Somebody out there in your industry, in your lane, right this minute, is killing it, making tons of money, charging way, 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 way more than you. And somebody in that exact same lane right now is killing it, charging way, 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 way less than you. It's because they know what (coughs) their people need from them and they're meeting them where those people are they're also doing a good job of explaining to those people why allocating that amount of funds is a good thing so first off here we go darlings price ain't nothing but a number and this happens all the time especially when people have problems that they solve that they no longer have Perfect example. My membership is a hundred bucks a month in your choice of currency for a lot of different currencies, right? Why do I do that? To make it easy so people can remember it, find whatever. I would not pay a hundred dollars a month to be coached by myself because I have my brain and know everything in it already. Therefore, needing Annie P. Ruggles' brain in my brand is not a problem that I have. Now, would I spend that same $100 a month on a different strategist in a freaking heartbeat? If they were solving a problem that I had, I would shell that over. I've shelled over 10 times that to be in some people's circles to get their advisement because they're solving problems I have. Going back to the massage therapy example from before, if I work in a beautiful spa, I'm probably not the only massage therapist. They probably have a staff of maybe two, maybe three. I probably have some good exchange hustle going with the other massage therapists in that spa. Therefore, would I pay $400 for a hot stone hour from myself? No. 
I would just get my coworker to do it. But does that mean that they're going to go to the spa and go, could we charge less for my time, please? I don't think this is really right. No, to your point before, you are not paying just for that time. You are paying for the experience and you are paying for the expertise of the person delivering it to you. That is really hard to quantify. But what we do is we go, well, I wouldn't pay that and therefore they won't either. If you work in a restaurant and your meals are free, you would not pay $29 for the salmon special. It's free for you. But for everyone else, it needs to have a price. So there's a little rant on pricing. Remember, your brain and your wallet should not be in that conversation. Take a look at your competitors, see what they're charging, and take a look at the other currencies as well. See how much energy you're asking for. See how much time you're asking for. Get an idea of what the people that you have can spare to solve that problem. That's how you're gonna align your pricing. But don't base it on you, because at the end of the day, what they can pay and what you can pay are not the same. Abs oh my goodness, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And also something I've learned in sales in a form of sales when I was working mm -hmm. at the station and on, on the air, you know, sort of rattling the cup, right? Um, mm -hmm. Offering the listeners a product or a service, something yummy uh, on the air. What I've realized too is that not everybody uh, is in that low income bracket. So we, we tend to think like, if, if I'm offering, you know, uh, this mug for a hundred dollars, right. And I'm saying, you know, call this number, give me a ring, get this mug for a hundred dollars. It's a beautiful mug. It works really great. There's no holes in it. And, but when you ask people to give what they can, right. Yes. This mug is a hundred dollars, but if you have a thousand dollars, if life has been really good to you and you love the programming that we do, you love the services that I offer. If you can afford the thousand dollars, Right now is a great time to do that because blah, 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 all that great stuff, right? And when you start asking for more, you'd be surprised at how many people give you more. Yes. Don't because ask, don't get. If you assume, you're not going to get anything. Yes. And we lowball ourselves. We super save ourselves. You know, we discount ourselves so much. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, I have a question too, because this, and this is for my... Uh, for the people that are listening and, and watching on YouTube that uh -huh. have service-based uh, businesses and things like that. Do you suggest, do you, as a non-sleazy sales guru that you are, mm -hmm. do you suggest that people leave the pricing off of their website or like if for more information, contact me. Put your or price on put your website. Please put your pricing on your website. Okay. Do tell why, why do you, why do you say that? Well, and then you also said the D word, Blech. discounting. Blech. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. In most scenarios, I am very much team put your pricing on your website. Why? Number one, the buyer wants to feel empowered while they're making the decision. If you make them dig, they start to wonder what you're up to. Number two, disqualifications are not a bad thing. If what you're selling is high ticket or any form of an investment, people knowing that they need to save up for it is not a bad thing. And it's easier for them to learn that on their own than have the idea of working with you dangled and then having them not be able to afford it. 
right? Like uh, my favorite thing in the entire world right now is my Remarkable tablet. I just got it, I'm obsessed with it, but it's not throwing around money for me. It's a business expense, but I knew if I squirrel away some of my consulting money, then as my end of year treat to myself, I can Black Friday me a Remarkable tablet when it's on sale, right? I had to plan ahead for that. Now imagine if I had thought I could afford a remarkable tablet, then I go and I put all the bells and whistles in the cart and it's $500 more expensive. And now I'm going to get cart abandonment emails on something that I can't afford. Ouch. Or I'm on a discovery call bearing my soul to someone and they go, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to solve this problem with you. Only I can fix this for you and with you. I am the provider you've been looking for, darling. It is three times what you were able to pay. Ready to start today? No, no. Disqualification up front is not bad. It just tells the person if you've convinced them that you are the golden standard and worth waiting for, then let them meet you through yeah. saving. Also, accessible pricing is a thing. You could offer payment plans. You can offer a limited amount of pay, which you can based on a suggested donation point where you're not taking less than that, right? Where Correct. you're saying, hey, the suggested price is this, but I'll take down to here and looking at that bar of resentment, right? It it all comes to the very first thing you said on this interview. This is about consciousness. This is about intention, right? And if we're looking at our pricing and our offering in that way, we're already far and away beyond most of our competitors. So I think I answered your question. Yes, you did. And and you and you touched upon something that is really important. And this this was this has been my my mantra through life. I, I think mm -hmm. through all of my little childhood things and all, all of it, it is always been brought back to intention. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it you get in trouble at school, something happens, but it's like, it's like, but my intention was not to, to hurt anyone. That was an, right. you know, that was an accident or a mistake or whatever, right. but my intentions were pure. And what I find is that when you, your intention is what is best for your potential cl client or customer, the world, whatever, when your intentions are pure, like with me, I love coaching people. I love coaching entrepreneurs and creating to create a podcast uh, or a radio show or a YouTube channel, because my whole thing is people need to know you exist. Yeah. If you're living in a basement, creating like the next internet or whatever, if people don't know about you, you're not, they're not going to be able no. to enjoy the beautiful gifts that you're giving the world. So my whole thing is to, to market people, get them out, yes. get them out there. Right. Yes, And it's never been easier to, to seize on things like podcasts to get yourself Absolutely. out there. One quick thing, just because I forgot to say it before. Yes. For folks who disagree with me or really, really don't want to put their prices on their website. Here's a really quick tip that you can do instead that will still satisfy the disqualification factor. Go ahead. So one thing that you can do is you can say packages begin at. So if you don't, if you're feeling really protective of your IP, you're worried about putting all your prices out there. Some of the stuff is proprietary. You want to keep it hidden. Some of the stuff is offer only any of that stuff. Prices begin at will still help people understand that benchmark they need to hit without you having to give everything away. So when in doubt, that's what I would recommend. Back to yep. what we were talking about. Personally. I like that. No, I like that because yeah, you're right. There's so many people with different price points. And yep. so if you have someone who's a coach, who's in the intermediate, you know, pricing um, mm -hmm. in, you know, a couple thousand dollars, let's say um, 
then you need to kind of know where that's at. Now, there are other people where it's $10,000 to even talk to them, to right? Even look at them. Yeah. To even right. like, can I email you? You know, that'll be 10 grand. Um, and, and, and they're wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that they're making that kind of money. It's them. wonderful that they have those circles. Right. But you I'm need to know up front. It. Now, if yeah. I spent $10,000, uh, on a, you know, coaching session on an hour with somebody, I would need to discuss that with my, with my wife. And I would also yeah. need to really take stock of that and to go, yes, you know, it, is that something that is it, is it that $10,000 I'm investing the best allocation of $10,000 for me and my family in this moment? Exactly. Or do I buy a 1986 Toyota Hiace pop top camper van? Yes. And go camping. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, yes, there we go. Decision made. Just That's that what one. we did. We just did that. Yay! Uh, <laughs> and well, the I memories love that you brought up that spouse objection. Yeah. Um, number one. Uh, just as a like an inclusion note, everybody out there, please don't assume that a everyone has a spouse, or b that you know the gender of their spouse. I've heard a whole lot of really awkward sales calls where people say, "Well, what would your husband say?" <gasps> and they've recently separated. They're gay. They, I mean, there's a million reasons not to say that. But like, let's not assume people are married. Let's not assume that all deciders are married. And let's not all assume that everybody has a husband. Number one. Number two. I mean, and I have a husband, so you know, you can assume that about me because I'm telling you. But additionally, that I need to talk to my blank. Sometimes it's not the spouse, sometimes it's my kids. If you're a parent and you wanna enroll your kids in something, sometimes you gotta get their buy-in, right? Yeah. Or if I'm planning a trip for my parents, my husband and I, I should probably talk to other people or to your point, even if it is for my business, 10 grand is a heck of a lot of money. If I'm gonna spend 10 grand in my business, which my husband owns no part of, I'm probably just gonna run it by him before I drive drop the money because it's a lot of freaking money. And one of the ways that you can really separate yourself away from that sleazy salesman stereotype is invite the other deciders to the conversation or make yourself available to them. Again, this is a time luxury thing. So if you're totally slammed, find little ways to do this. But if you're not totally slammed, if someone says, hey, let me talk to my blank. Number one, honor that. Don't say that they're a self-sufficient woman and they can do it on their own. Ew, gross. <laughs> gross. Number two, don't go, well, I mean, if you can buy in the next four seconds, then then I'll, you know, if you, if you don't and you just buy now because then you're telling them that their relationship is invalid and you're invalidating their own processes. Instead, if you could say, okay, who do you need to talk to? Your spouse? What's important to them? A lot of the time they go, you know, I think they would tell me just to do it. All right, well, you just said we should talk to them. Would they want to be talked to first? I'm the one telling them to go talk to their spouse and they're paying me, right? Yes. But if you include deciders in the conversation and keep that trust valid, then you have a much easier conversation going forward. But you develop the trust. You also develop the trust with the with that person who's yeah. who's making you're, you're developing trust with the person who's making that decision because you're not trying to just get the money, get the money, get the money. Yeah. 
And you know? and it's saved, it's gotten people to re-enlist with me too, where like I'll know their spouses' names, their kids' names, their business partners' names, whatever. And and somebody will come up on a hardship and, and I always want to work with people for that. And I'll say, Hey, you know, do you want to pause for a couple of months? And they'll go, you know, Annie, I, I thought about that and I really, really hate that. But then my husband said, Absolutely not. You're crazy without your Annie calls. Okay. Well then thanks for being a brand evangelist, dude. I talked to on the phone once for five minutes. <laughs> it happens, folks. It happens. You're adorable. Thank oh you. <laughs> um, Annie, what, Annie P. Ruggles. If people want to find out more information about you and and join your uh, universe of of brilliance in the non sleazy sales world, how do they do that? Y'all, I am accessible. Not excessively accessible, but I am accessible. Why do I tell you this? If you are in a education space, then by all means, head on over to my website. You'll find my podcast, which I'm obsessed with. You'll find other interviews like this great show that I've been lucky enough to be a part of, my webinar, a quiz, all this stuff. But y'all, if you are having actual active sales avoidance if you are having that i'm about to ring a doorbell to sell that candy bar feeling i do not want you to go to my website please do not go to my website what i want you to do instead is reach out to me on a platform that has messaging the two best for me are instagram where i'm at anniepreneur or LinkedIn, where you can just search for my name. Let me know what you're up against. Let me give you some flash coaching in that moment. I will make your next selling event better. So at least that you can see how much easier it can be. That would be my honor to do. Yeah. Will you make sure that you send me all those? We'll put the, the links Heck to yeah. everything. So everybody can go to the show notes and you'll get the links, um, of course, to Annie's official website, but also those social media uh, handles as well so that you can reach out to her. Um, I, I just, I'm, we could talk forever, not only about Greece and, and non sleazy sales, but I would love to have you back. You're welcome back anytime on out of the box with Christine and also any time, anything I can do for you at any moment, just let me know. Cause I, well, will I, you come be on my show? Of course. I'd hey! love to. Then look, we're already far and away. Do I have, I'll wear my hair differently. Okay. Yeah, how are you going to do that? I don't know. I need a haircut, I think. It's getting a little moppy. Yeah, you're getting a little long, darling. Yes, I know. We're, we're pushing an inch and a half now. Whoa! That's <laughs> crazy. I know. Whoa. Annie P. Ruggles, thank you so very much again for joining us. And uh, I just, um, I'm so happy that I stumbled across you. And I'm extremely happy that people listening to the show and watching it on YouTube now get to know who you are. And I encourage everybody go check her out immediately. Don't, don't, what is it? They say, don't uh, uh, go to jail directly. What is that thing? Monopoly. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go, go message directly me on Instagram. To, go directly to Annie. <laughs> Thank and you. If yes. you message me on Instagram, I mean, I'm already married, but go message somebody else. Because you might get married. Exactly. That's how, there you go. that's what happened to me. Yeah. Oh, that was in the pre-chat. Now they're royally confused. I know. <laughs> I know. My wife found me on Instagram. So that's that we were having. Oh, yeah. Pre-recorded well, now chat. Now everybody about... knows. Okay. Well, now I just, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how did you, how did your husband find you? Or did you find uh, him? Okay, Cupid. 
Oh. Internet, what, what? What, what? All mm-hmm. right. Thank you, Internet, for blessing us with our spouses. <laughs> Addie, I adore you. Come back soon. I adore you back. Okay. I will. Okay. All right. All right. And thank you so very much, wonderful viewers and listeners to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Today's show is going to be a memory. It's going to be in your burned in your memory forever. Uh, if you want more information about this program, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. If you want more information about me and my coaching, you can go to christineblasdale.com. We'll have links to everything. It'll be a link smorgasbord for you in the show notes. <laughs> Until next time, as I always say, remember to think outside that damn box. Bye for now. <laughs>